Hello, Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Downtime with Hadja. This is a television and film podcast for those of us who love to talk about TV. This podcast is going to be bringing you takes, reviews, discussions, talking about what we are watching, what you are watching and telling you why we should all be watching. I'm your host Hadja and today we are on episode 19 Um, This episode is going to be titled The Wrong Side, and it is about Succession Season 3, Episode 6, titled What It Takes. Um, I'm joined once again by my recurring Succession guest, Adol, and we're going to just talk about the events of this episode and what we enjoyed, and again, obviously do power rankings at the end. Um, So yeah, um, Adol, just a quick... Hello, how are you, and what did you think of this episode? I'm good, thank you. Um, Thank you for having me again. And yeah, like, I really loved the episode. I thought it was, like, really fun. There were some great scenes. Um, Yeah, I thought, can't wait to get into the episode. But yeah, like, I I thought it was a really solid episode. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I might prefer it over the last one, I can't lie. I found that interesting. But, yeah, I think, obviously, I've got to rewatch it, but... I did really enjoy the episode. Yep, yeah, I really love um, the. I like, can't wait to delve into it. Yeah, I guess I really love the like slapstick nature of the last episode. It was very, very like yeah. sitcommy as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, speaking of sitcoms, that's going to come up a bit later. But yeah, so before we get into like the nitty gritty of the this week's episode, I just wanted to do a quick recap on everything that sort of happens in the episode. It's a very broad strokes recap, um, because we're really we maintain sort of one scene in one location in this episode so you know it's pretty straightforward um but yeah here we go Kendall preps for his deposition and we also learn that his case is not a quote-unquote slam dunk we see the family head to DC for some sort of political conference to choose the next president we meet the current VP who is the favorite even though he's boring and we learn that the kid's mother is getting married to a man named Peter Munyon. Then we meet throughout the rest of the episode, the uh, the rest of the candidates. We see Willa again, yay. And this all culminates in the sweet Logan Swede, where the kids make a case for their choice for a candidate. Um, and elsewhere, Tom and Greg discuss prison and corporate wrongdoings that can be hanged to Tom's Christmas tree tree of misdeeds and Ken's hearing goes badly he fires Lisa for being quote-unquote toxic he reaches out to Tom to try and recruit him on his side which fails as Tom foresees another inevitable Kendall meltdown the episode ends with Jared Menken being chosen as the candidate for president of the United States there's lots to talk about in this episode I feel Adol sent me a really uh, great article uh, last week about the four like succession and trauma responses and this article has sort of been circulating twitter and i'm going to link it in the show notes because i think it's a really great place to start off the episode especially in terms of shiv i think this is actually quite a big episode for shiv in a way that i feel is sort of bigger than last week which is surprising because I don't think it's obvious from watching the episode, but I think it is. So one of the things that the article said last episode was about sort of the trauma response of the freeze trauma response. And I think that this 
links very very well to like Shiv as a person so one thing I feel like we can all say we've noticed about Shiv is that she's perpetually avoidant like she is very very avoidant she avoids the family business because it is clear that she doesn't want to put herself in a position as she said last season where my what her dad is thinking is like the center of her universe and so she avoids the family business and goes away to like do the politics thing right she avoids tom emotionally she doesn't really ever get invested in that relationship as a way to avoid her right so another thing that you can see with Shiv's character is that it's not that she doesn't care it's that she builds up this wall of like I don't care so that no one can hurt her right um, Logan literally reads her for filth in the Ocelot episode of the very first season where he's just like you ran away from the business and you married a man like fathoms beneath you literally just so you don't have to be vulnerable so yeah And unity in this episode is also a big theme. At the end of the episode, Logan asks Siobhan, are you a part of this family or not? Um, Which I think is really, really important. So I know this sounds like a bit of a waffle, but just to make everything cohesive, right? Shiv's thing is avoidance. So for the longest time, she's sort of been on the peripheries of this family, right? And even now, as she sort of made it in, it still seems it's one foot in, one foot out. And it's really interesting to me how in the first few episodes of this season, Kendall says to her, you're the new me. And I really felt that this episode, she's literally occupying the Kendall position in the family now because she's in, but she's not trusted she's in but people don't take her seriously she's and and it's really interesting to see her sort of show like how much she's willing to actually back her choice to be a part of this company because all this thing that she's been saying for the longest time about like how like she wants to come in to the organization and change it from the inside and all this bullshit. And I don't know why she was that delusional because I think now she can clearly see that the rot is deep and it's not going anywhere. But yeah, um, we're going to go back and circle around to Shiv a lot. But what did you think of that, this episode, sort of her trying to get to grips with how badly, you know, things are? You know, I think, you know, I don't know. You know, when she says, I think you go Dems, I was so shocked. I was like, surely she she knows that that is never going to happen. Like, surely Mm. she knows that Kendall will never, also ATN will never back a Democratic candidate. Like, what? I was just like, I, I, I was just so confused. Like, and I think, honestly, she's been drinking too much of her own Kool Aid. I think she was so reliant on the fact that she was Logan's favorite and she thought that that gave her leverage over her other siblings. But once she's actually on the inside, she sees how she's no different and no less immune to his abuse. I was listening to a podcast and somebody pointed out that, and it was related to this trauma article, that that um, last episode was the first instance you really see Shiv be on the end of Logan's abuse. Like when he tells her to stop, like like he verbally abuses her, harasses her, berates her the entire episode. And you see him even in this episode ask if she's going to be a fucking sourpuss the whole time, which is ridiculous. And obviously, you know, Logan doesn't apologize. Like even with Marsha, yeah, he's like, he didn't apologize. I don't eat shit. Don't you remember his apology yeah. with Marsha was just, I don't eat shit. I can't eat shit, yeah. which is literally like the worst 
it's, it's not even an apology, but it's as bad for a non-apology as you can go. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's really sad for Shiv to, to really be aware of the fact that like, you really cannot escape this abuse. And I think that that's so much of the yeah. show. Like, this... I, I think we got to add as well. Like we, mm-hmm. we, if we go back all the way to season, I think it was season one where um, like, when like logan basically like logan forces her he gives her an ultimatum mm-hmm. it's like i like i redo this political career where you're supporting his enemy at the time I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting his name the democrat yeah where like he literally called her the enemy and whatever yeah. and they all did and it's like they basically forced her to come into the family and then what like when she's in the family and, and and now she's part of the company then she just constantly getting shitted on mm-hmm. and i think that's like like again like people seem to forget that she didn't really want this even in the first place she was kind of i disagree was, there, do you really think i, I don't really, know like i, I think there was a thing where, disagree the only honestly she, the only reason that yeah siobhan never vibed, wanted to be in the family business is because yeah she didn't want the situation she's in now. She didn't want constantly fighting for her dad's approval. But it's not that she didn't love the allure of the power. It was, on her part, the smarter decision to stay away and cultivate... Yeah, but it was was still Logan. But I don't think Mm. that she was... I don't think she did it out of like nobility, and I don't think she was yeah. forced into it because realistically, she should have. She could have helped Gil Evis or the Bernie Sanders person become president. She could have done that, and she chose not to because it was more alluring. And this is the thing about the abuse, which is really interesting. These children, no matter how hard they try, cannot escape fighting for Logan's affection. Like they just can't help it. Like. It's really, really sad. Like, they, mm. they just can't help it. And, you know, that's one of the things I really like about... I'm going to talk a bit about Tom later, but he's another interesting character, just in the sense that he's... You, you sort of get the feeling that he didn't grow up the same way. He seems to have loving parents and not really understand the nature of this, like, family. Like, in terms of just how toxic it is. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, Shiv, this episode is, um, I don't know, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like she, um, obviously the three characters, which I wrote in my notes, are heading for a breakdown or some sort of pivot in their journey are Shiv, Kendall, and Tom. I I have, I am certain that those three are either heading for mental breakdown or at some sort of tipping point. Shiv is definitely at her tipping point. I don't think that she can, she should, or at least I hope she doesn't continue like this because surely she has to see that she is not worth any more to Logan than a pawn. He's been manipulating her from the beginning. Since since last yeah. season when he offered her the job, he has been manipulating her. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just, I really hope she sees that because... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, um, she did like she did try to make the move mm-hmm. and get uh and suggest the guy who said he will get rid of Logan. So yeah, I guess she's already I guess made the pivot or, mm-hmm. or 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 like what do you think? Like do you think she just? I think this is still. Like, do you think she made a move or was she just like 
trying a little bit, but, you know, like, playing it safe. I think, again, I think this is her trying to balance the two halves of who she believes herself to be or who she is. I think that her very, very visceral and strong reaction to somebody like this Jared Menken character shows that at the core, she still is sort of who she was written to be or presented to be. In yeah. some way, like, I don't think there's a world where she's some sort of beacon of hope for, for, for the succession universe. Like, I think that's bullshit. But I still think that... Because remember in the last season when she was like, okay, but if we buy PGN, like, where do we get the news from? <laughs> because even yeah. she realizes that yeah. surely, you know, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense for them to own all the news. Like, like she yeah. still has that part of her that is... I guess some shred of sort of not even if not morality, but just protection of what is basically at the most basic human level, right and wrong. Like we can't own all the news and we can't support fascists. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Like, I don't know, like not to be like, the whole like Democrats and whatever are two sides of the same coin, you know. Like what? No, what are. really is? If yeah, exactly. So it's like, and I'm and I'm and I don't think the show is like. I don't think that's what the show is trying to tell us. Because again, oh, I think like, that's what the show is trying to tell us, though. Oh, do you think so? One hundred percent. I like, think the show is incredibly think... self-aware. I feel aware. like again. In fact, the meta commentary on this episode is about. It's, I think it's about, look at the state of our democracy. And it follows on from the last episode, which is sort of like, look at the way that these old men who are losing their minds and chasing imaginary cats are the ones yeah. who are deciding the fate of yeah. our lives. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because when I was reading the Adrian Brody, Brody Vanity Fair article, about his character in the last episode, he was talking about how, like, yeah, on the spectrum, this guy might be not as bad as the Roys, but they're all not great people, like, realistically. And I think that it's, like, not to be too political, but there's no other way to be that rich but to be an asshole. Like, you're that rich and you're just an asshole by default. I feel like, again, another message of this show is that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And you see that, in every way, like Jeremy Strong says when he's talking about his character, her people, her people, right? The abuse is inescapable. The corruption is inescapable. And I don't think that the show is unaware of that. I don't even think that the show, there's no one I feel like in this show that the show is saying we should look to them as some sort of hopeful. I think the show is talking about how this world is rotten. And there's no escaping it. And I think that's that's very clearly done because people say to people say, like, oh, this show is repetitive. This show is it goes to the same thing. Are we just gonna watch um three seasons of Kendall versus Logan? And I feel like this show is also about people who cannot escape, they can't help but to fall into the same patterns, the same abusive patterns, right? And eventually they just end up reliving their own mistakes as well. The message of the show is that even the people you think are going to cause a disruption 
end up not being able to do much or they end up conforming. Look at Kendall, right? He's a perfect example of this. He was at the beginning of this season, even though he's a fucking moron, on his way to cause a disruption, right? But throughout this show, you sort of see people just back where they were. Kendall, as you know, Tom foresees in this episode, as I said in my recap, is heading to the same position he was at the vote and the same position he was at the end of season one where his dad beats him, right? Shiv, constantly embarrassed by her father. Literally, this episode last season was like the aftermath of Turnhaven, right? Embarrassed by her father, right? Tom is constantly punished for choosing to love this woman, right? It's just been perpetual punishment for him since he chose to enter this family. Logan remains on top, right? These people are just in the same cycle constantly. And I feel like that's why I find it really, like, I don't, I think the show is very, very aware of that. Like, even the Uncle Ewan character, he's not a good character. And the show knows that. Yeah. Because they make it very clear that, like, especially in that Dundee episode, that he's not so far off from Logan, you know? Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, you're a cancer, but you've, you've, you've have you're on the board and you're collecting the dividends, surely yeah. I'm not that much of a cancer because yeah. you're happy to take the cancerous money. So yeah, again, I yeah. think absolute power corrupts absolutely is a big, big message. Um, but yeah, sorry, but Shiv, when she says I'm just a corporate observer, it's, 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 it's really interesting to me because she just cannot afford to have divided loyalties at this point. And that photograph at the end is sad for me because it's just like, so she really is, she really now has to stand by this. It's like, if you had a time machine and knew not to get in a photo with Jeffrey Epstein, (laughs) you know what I mean? And I feel like that's sort of a similar vibe you're getting here because I'm sure she's thinking long-term, do I want to be seen in a photo with this guy? Um, And, you know, when she says she's just going to stand at the edge, I'm just like, oh, this is just weak sauce, man. But uh, honestly, yeah. oh, well, we've stayed very, very long on um, Shiv, but what do you think about, like, the, the what do you think about the, the, the main meat of this episode, the choosing of the candidate? What do you think about the conference? What do you think about the politics of it all? And um, by the way, guys, I don't watch The Thick of It, which is already great show that Jesse Armstrong also wrote about the UK political system. Um, I know people said that it gave them thick of it vibes. So maybe Adol can talk a bit about that and, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, it's different because the thick of it, they don't really talk much about like how the, the president, the prime minister, I guess is chosen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I thought it was like a really interesting, I thought it was just a fun episode. Okay. Like seeing, like, like just again, it, it shows you, I guess, I, I guess it shows you who the power really is with because you think it's with these, politicians and mm-hmm. people that are going to be the the leaders of the free world but mm-hmm. really the power is with the capitalists yeah which is logan and like like i guess logan is like i, I thought logan was great this episode yeah, like, yeah he he's was. an asshole but i loved him like he was just there mm-hmm. like i'm not trying to be blasphemous but he was like a god he was just sat there yeah he's got these these guys Everyone that, that want to be the president yeah yeah at his He's like, he was waiting for me for 10 fucking minutes. Like, he, that was so he's a funny. Kid the world. That was yeah, so funny. He's got, 
And it's such a stark yeah. contrast to the state that you know he was in the last episode. Yeah, that yeah. was just literally just a blip, and he's fine now. And it's really yeah. great to see how like he's so like calm and resolved, and Laid everyone back. is just frantic around him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, yeah. it's it's a great way to sort of show the effect that that character has on everyone else. But yeah, just being in the Roy's orbit as just like a normal person is just the most insane yeah. thing. I was literally just even back to just pivot Kendall, where obviously he fires. Oh God, I'm gonna get into that later. But he fires Lisa <laughs> Ann, and I feel like um Sonalathan, who's the actress, she does such a great job. I feel like this show does a great, great job at making you sympathize with anyone who gets into the Roy's orbit and just yeah. has to deal with their bullshit. Like, just yeah. looking at her face the entire episode, I was just like, <laughs> when she, like, shushes him as well, I was just like, God, yeah. this is terrible. This babe was probably thinking, like, you know, maybe this will be a good case for me. I'll be, a, I'll, this will be one of this historic wins for me or like something. And she's just realizing more and more the delusion of her defendant and just the all around just psychoness of the Roy's. But yeah. But yeah, Logan, mm. this episode, very, very good. I also really like how the, the, them, the kids talking about the candidates is like a proxy mm. and it feels like whoever, the, logan picks he's also picking the kid if that makes sense so like if he picks roman's choice he's siding with roman it's not just Mm. about the candidate do you get what i'm trying to say yeah like it's and it's very much not that way because again there's the whole misogyny in this episode as well because roman says um siobhan your we supported your dc lemonade stand which is the equivalent of the post office that connor talks about earlier in the season and it's so interesting to watch Siobhan this episode. She is so frustrated because she's just like, my opinion should matter more, but it doesn't. And it, it is so yeah. interesting. And it's it's also a very great parallel to like the whole candidacy thing is because the person with experience doesn't matter, but the person who, as Logan says, pops is 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 the person that they're going to pick, which is a great, like obviously Trumpian like comparison because like, he didn't really have any political experience, any sort of political ideology or any sort of, I don't really think he had any plan really. I think he just wanted to be president. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to get there somehow. Yeah. And it's like weird to see that play out here. But yeah, there's mu- there's much, much, much. What did you think about the, the mother, the mother's wedding invitation? Yeah. Like I thought that was such a funny, like that was so funny. Yeah, the the Roman jokes as well, like Roman, yes, I, like we tweeted so the tweet earlier about mm-hmm. like how they can get away with the incest jokes. Yeah, and it was like yeah, there was just loads of them this episode. And it's just My like, favorite one is yeah. poor Roman dreams of poking mom slipping through <laughs> his looped up fingers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, and again, it it makes you so sad because like they like Logan again was was is clearly very abusive, but mm-hmm. even their mom. It's just horrible. Like, yeah. She, like, she was horrible. Like, we, like, we saw in the episode, well, like, was it last season yeah. or the season before? When Ken tried Like, how Kendall, yeah. like, and now she just thing. And, and even they say it today, like, like she still hates you. Like, Romans, like, says that. So, yeah, like, so these like, guys, yeah, you, you they, they didn't have a break. Yeah, you bore yeah. her. And it's, it's so interesting yeah. because I feel like Logan's abuse or his whatever comes from, like, 
his intensity, his anger, he's always yelling, he's harassing you, he superimposes on them. Whereas I think the mother's abuse is her absence and like, just like all around just negligent. She just doesn't seem to give a fuck about them, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it just doesn't seem like she's ever cared to be present in their life. So like sort of her crime is her absence, whereas like Logan's is his like, overbearingness is that a word overbearingness whatever overbearing nature (laughs) and it's just weird that roman is like you know how it is families it's just like yeah no no one's family is like this which is another great way to like use someone who's not in their world to just highlight how dysfunctional they are which is something that the show obviously does lots but yes, I think a very, very great person to talk about this episode. This, to me, was another Big Tom episode. Oh, yeah. And we got to say, like, uh, like, like Matthew McFadden, yeah. he's, he was just amazing. Like, he's, he's been amazing all season, but I think today wow. he was just, well, today's episode, he was just, like, that whole, the whole scene with Kendall. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it's just amazing. Like, and you can see like episode the mm-hmm. new episode, he's going through this journey that he talks about. You know, yeah, like 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 what he says to Greg about you know, like you just got to constantly think about it. The when you don't think about it, that's when you like yeah, and you can just see how he is, his mannerisms, mm-hmm. when he's talking. It's just amazing. Yeah, he's like putting amazing performance. Yeah, I I think yeah, I'm so glad you said that because it is an amazing performance. But Tom, this episode is just so, I don't know how the show ended up having Tom being the good person, because I know obviously like, oh, whatever, there are no good people in this show, but him allowing Greg to hook his bobble of corporate wrongdoing on one of Tom's branches without, it's so interesting how he like obviously asked to pay for the shitty diner food that they're eating. And he's like, no, I mean, all my meals are going to be free from now. So, you know, it's okay. And it's, it's such an, it's, it's such a weird way to show someone being good because it's like the, I mean, the only reason he's doing this because he's is he's a member of a very corrupt practice, but it's also like that show of tenderness and like just actually in this world where everyone like plays their cards so close to their chest and everyone is always just fighting and very antagonistic for you to just give or sacrifice so freely with like it, it was just so like touching. I don't know if that was just me, but I watched it and I was like wow like but this whole episode for me was was very like i don't know you know how sometimes Mm. you would watch mad men and you would like throughout the episode you sort of see how dawn dawn was becoming increasingly whatever the emotion was right yeah i feel like this episode was similar for tom but in more of like a settled way like i feel like he's left the like frantic delirium and he's, mm-hmm. he's like, it's like, you know, the stages of grief. I think he's finally yeah. in the acceptance stage, but he's still so, like, miserable. And this thing where he's, like, he's always thinking about prison, and then when he does it, it's someone's loosened their icy grip on my innards. <laughs> and yeah. then the wine that is awful yeah. from that video. And he's like, you kind of have to be in halfway, which is so interesting because I feel like, him talking about that wine 
for me was really interesting because it felt like it was how he like the the wine for me was sort of him trying to find a way to get to to come to terms with what he's actually going through at the beginning it's like okay maybe it's just different it's not that the wine doesn't taste bad but as he finds he tries to find the words to describe the wine and he finally ends up at having to admit the truth you know the wine just isn't good and i feel like he's gone through that with the whole prison journey and he's most importantly gone through that with Shiv, right? The relationship is just not good and it just doesn't work. And when, oh my God, this episode made me so heartbroken for Tom. When she she says, I don't get why you keep wanting to talk about it. I was so angry. I was just like, how can you not get why someone wants to talk about them going to prison? Like, you are so awful i just hate her so much like i feel like i know a lot of people feel like oh yeah tom is annoying he's a wimp whatever like she shouldn't be responsible but it's like you're his wife and you 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 after everything he does like i feel like obviously tom is a buffoon right and he obviously had his own sort of personal motivations for getting into this marriage whatever boohoo but you are not a saint either. So like the least she could do is lend some arm of support. And I just, she's so cold. And I also think it's obviously part of this whole avoidant thing that she has going for her. It's like, it's an inconvenience for her, for Tom to be suffering. And anything that requires any sort of work or emotion from her is like too tall a task, which is why I found it very interesting how she tries to like, make him feel better when she tries to sleep with him. But it's 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 really interesting because sex requires nothing from her. Like, it's she's also made it clear that it's not particularly sacred to her or their relationship. It's not really yeah. a commitment to her, which is why, obviously, the whole pregnancy thing is, is important because to her, the most she can offer is something that to her isn't that important. And yeah. it's it's like what he says last episode when he's like, it's supposed to be nice. And it's just like, even something sacred in a marriage, like sex is not to these people. Like for her, it's something she she wants to use to just like placate the situation. And for him also, it's a way to create a legacy with her because if there's no air possibility or blood tie for Tom, then what is the point? And I honestly think it's not even just like, obviously he's being selfish. He wants to link to the Roy's because I I don't know where she I don't know that she's gonna be standing by her man while he's inside. But um when he says what's the point, it makes me sad, but it also makes me think like he's probably asking himself, what was all this suffering for? And when he later says to Kendall, I fell in love with your sister, it's, it it really it really could he could have easily just said, My literal biggest crime was that I fell in love with your sister. Because realistically, and you mentioned this when we first spoke about it. You were like, what is keeping this relationship? Like, is it just selfish? Is it just, what is it? And it's just clearly like, no matter how selfish or agenda he might have been in the beginning, what is he actually gaining now? He clearly does just love her. Like, which is just so sad because the whole time I'm like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh God, I've been rambling. But yeah, just please cut me off now. I'm just so sad for this man. Like, what do you think of that? The that that Tom, this like, what do you think he's also headed for? A, do you think he's headed for a pivot? Do you think he's headed for a breakdown? What do you think he's he's headed for? Ash, uh, 
I actually have no idea. Like, I don't know. I, I think that's the thing. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. I, I guess it will be a pivot if he goes to jail. But mm-hmm. wait, do you think he's going to go first? Or do you I think don't it's see... not going to? I don't know. This is the thing, right? I was so sure because he has that secretive sort of phone call. I think mm. in episode two or three. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I, that doesn't ever like sort of come to mean anything again. Yeah. And he did say he's learned to give up hope. Yeah. So maybe that, that was so something sad. to do with What's the What's good call. is to eradicate hope. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I just, but it, mm, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but Tom and Kendall is a good is a good good scene, and I feel yeah, like Kendall asked Tom what I think is a very very important question about how does he actually believe that Shiv will be there for him, and I think that you know just knowing that he know like I feel like just knowing that he can't actually answer that is just miserable, and yeah. I also think also something he should think about, I can't lie. I honestly just want him to root for himself. I'm not particularly sure that going with Kendall is the right move because as we will soon discuss, Kendall is also a disaster. Yeah. Um, but he says when I th- what I think is one of the most important lines of the episode, if not the season, if not the show. My hunch is that you're going to get fucked because I've seen you get fucked a lot, but I've never seen Logan get fucked. Yeah. And hmm, sadly, that is... That is just the truth. Indeed. What did you think of that line? Yeah, I think like we've spoken about it so much these past these past couple episodes, like mm-hmm. Logan's gravity and the mm-hmm. way everyone fears him. And I think again, it showed this episode like where Logan is, and and even he says like like uh, I think it's after they, they they take the pictures, he says like by the way, Kendall, they're picking the next president, and it's like I think that shows like where Logan is and like whatever Kendall's trying to do. Like 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 with with Kendall is at dinner with Tom mm-hmm. at some at some random like uh like what uh I'm not sure like uh like diner and Logan is picking the next president yeah. of the United States. And I think that line just shows like like whatever Kendall thinks he's doing or whatever it's it's nothing compared to what Logan is like Logan's even moved on mm-hmm. he doesn't even care about what's happening now with the, the whole Kendall thing he's he's bothered about who's going to be the next president of yeah. the world basically like just shows the, the magnitude of where Kendall is and where Logan is and like but yeah and, and I think even the shot was like a far back shot which just shows like Kendall how small he is yeah and like so yeah so I guess <sighs> Yes, that was a really good line as well. So, I think we can go to Roman and this Menken character, who is sort of mm. like, I believe, a Jordan Peterson slash, I don't know, some sort of YouTube provocateur type person. Adol's going to mm. talk a bit more about this, because I can't lie, I just have no clue. A lot of time when this character was talking, I was just like, what the fuck are you even talking about right now? Like, I was just like... yeah. That- it, it gave me really a well very Kendall because, vibe. Saying a lot without yeah. saying shit. Like Yeah, and it's well written because that is exactly what Jordan Peterson like is like. They just say a lot of buzzwords yeah. and like whatever, like that make it seem like they're saying something so deep and guys like Roman really 
uh, what do you call it, enjoy that kind of mm-hmm. way. So yeah, so yeah, so yeah, it was, it was. He's an interesting character, and I thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, but so right. Um, I find it very interesting that one of the um things that Roman says this episode is, I always found it hard to care about politics, which is so interesting mm. because the whole episode is about politics and choosing people who will have political power but the people who are choosing don't care which is yeah which is so funny and obviously just a a part of the grander message of look at the state of our democracy right um or not our democracy i mean well i guess it it could be applied to i guess western democracy or whatever well who cares The, the entire concept is in you know limbo and there's obviously mm. the mention of tech which is also very important when it comes to democracy as you know you've heard i'm sure you guys have heard the facebook ruined democracy so um this gojo this i mean this has been mentioned before so i'm guessing we're gonna find out i'm guessing that's the company that alexander skarsgård's character owns because i see that he's in the trailer for the next episode so mm. clearly that i hope they explain to us what that company is I also find it interesting that, as you, you you know, you said earlier that these people, these sort of Mencken types, they don't really, aren't really saying anything because the Salgado candidate, he says he doesn't want to have a conversation. He just wants to yell loud enough to be on ATN or like some, just to be yeah. noticed. Then they have the conversation in the bathroom where he says that he will borrow ideas from anyone, even H, who is Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this show is hilarious, but it's yeah. also just so jarring. Like he did not actually just say that. Like surely yeah. this man did not just say that he will borrow ideas from Hitler if 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 it must be done. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, sorry, just um to talk a bit more about can you explain to our listeners who who if they don't know who Jordan Peterson is? Um because we've spoken about Jordan him about speaking about who he is. Like Okay, specifically Jordan Peterson, he was like, I guess, a psychologist, and I guess he became like a cultural right wing commentator, like kind of in this red pill space. So he kind of started as like a self help type, which is kind of how the whole all right pipeline kind of starts with this like mm-hmm. kind of self help, like obviously catered a lot to men and mm-hmm. you know like men that are low in self-esteem or like young like young men oh. and yeah so he's now this like cultural commentator he's always you know arguing and debating you know talking about cultural marxism and uh, like anti-feminism and all this kind of like isms and it's kind of just anti whatever is happening at the moment and, and he kind of like portrays himself as this like intellectual that super intellectual guy, mm-hmm. but he kind of doesn't know anything. But he's skilled, as in he's skilled, like Isn't obviously he because he's a psychologist. What's that? Sorry, Isn't he, wasn't he an academic, like some sort of professor? He is, but again, he is a psychologist, mm-hmm. so like, so that's his thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess because he understands psychology, he kind of knows how to talk to people and knows how to kind of get his point across. But like when he talks about like things like Marxism and whatever. He clearly has has no idea what he's talking about. He has this famous thing where he talks about, you know, because he talks about how, you know, the difference in in men and women mm-hmm. and his his main thing about why like uh, like why social hierarchies between men and women have to exist is because it's observed within shrimps. 
like he says that shrimps have social hierarchy and, and this is deadly serious like he said this on the bbc like oh he, said this God, on the BBC. He, he said this on the bbc like i'm not lying so, so that, and that's like one of his like big jokes that people make so it's like yeah so he is a, like an, an academic but obviously like with academics and no kind of their own thing but he like he has no idea what marxism is like and he's exposed himself obviously the whole zizek yeah thing. sorry yeah i, I was mentioning of like him. how the only time I, the first time i ever heard of jordan peterson was because he debated zizek um about yeah like, from what i heard like zizek proper exposed him right i can link the debate if you guys are interested um but yeah i, I guess you would be interested if you're interested in sort of like marxist theory but yeah it, it it was that's the only time i'd ever heard of him but yeah it's it's really interesting because the energy between him and roman in this episode is not even implicitly it is sexual i can you can <laughs> see it it's slimy it's like dark there's the scene where they're both in the bathroom roman is washing yeah. his hands for like five minutes it's like he's I don't know. I don't know if this is on purpose, but I noticed he was washing his hands for so long. Like, yeah. I don't know what that meant, but it just felt like he needed something to do with his hands because yeah. that was part of the tension in the scene. I found it interesting. Yeah. I also loved what the character did. I don't like the character, obviously, but well, not obviously. Yeah. I don't know the character, but I I don't like he. I liked what he did with the coke. I thought it was really really yeah. clever. But yeah, that whole scene where they're talking in the bathroom and even when they very first meet and like, there's a, just an air there. There's like an air, it's yeah. like homoerotic, but it's also the air of people who are like in cahoots. So, yeah, which is obviously... The homoerotic, like fascism was kind of like funny. It's like... <laughs> really? It's a, bit, it's a bit ironic, I guess. No? Really? It's like the whole... Mm-hmm. You think with the whole, you know, conservative yeah. right wing... They, they they are against that. So it's like... It's kind but of isn't, ironic isn't, and it's kind of funny, thing I guess. That, like all these people, they always say that they're not conservative though. Like I, I'm pretty sure Jordan yeah. Peterson will say that he's not on any side. He's just on the side of... Yeah, yeah. yeah that's all, this, all these people always say. I'm not a conservative. Yeah. I'm just... I just don't like how both sides are quote-unquote extreme, which is what a lot Mm. of their arguments are. But, yeah, that was um, an interesting one. I... This is the thing. Kendall! I've got to say, I'll say one thing. Yeah. I've got to say one thing about Roman. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, I'm not saying... I'm not endorsing fascism in any sense, but I respect that he's not trying to be like Kendall and Shiv where they're not like these progressives and yeah. whatever. And I think like Roman kind of, you oh, know, it's, it's a oh, politics. He's real. Yeah. He's yeah. It's, it's the politics that, uh, his lifestyle mm-hmm. and the lifestyle they grew up in, whatever kind of agrees with, I guess. And mm-hmm. I guess he's just like, like fully endorsing that, like none of this, you know, acting like you're woke and especially Kendall. I, I think Shiv has some truth to her, but Kendall is like, it's like so obvious, like how they don't care about these issues and they're just using them as a way. And I think we spoke in the last episode about how one direction to go is to go down the woke mm-hmm. kind of like, like, I guess, you know, sent like left, mm-hmm. just left, just right off center, you yeah. know, the whole bend, the whatever, pathway. But, 
Yeah, but I guess with this pathway is the future of conservatism mm-hmm. and right and right wing in America with this new like new character and the new guy that they're gonna endorse. So it is, I guess, put a, like politically a good move. But mm-hmm. but I, I guess I'll ask you: Do you think that he will win, or like do you think they'll end up winning? I think that's a interesting. Like, will they win? Will will their the horse they've backed actually win? I mean, I would I would assume yes. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's like an allegory for Trump or whatever. But I mean, you never can tell. I mean, it's in the writer's hands. I don't really have anything to support my prediction other than I'm guessing it would be a good storytelling, you know, device. Yeah. Um, but wait, let's not forget the other candidate, Connor Roy, for president of the oh, United yeah. States. The fact that this was a legitimate thing. <laughs> and also, you know what made me smile? No, I, I thought it was a joke. I, I thought Logan was Logan just, is like, just so good at like, messing him about. He manipulated yeah. this. It was obvious. I love how even Connor knew that he was like, on my dad's behalf, I'm going to say. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like the self-awareness of Connor this season is so beautiful especially like it reminds yeah. me of the first episode where he's like holding down the Balkans Operation Thumb Twiddle <laughs> mm. I love how aware he is of his stat- status as the black sheep or the useless one in the family Yeah, but it's so interesting to see the con heads this episode the Beltway Buddha to see how he's sort of like <laughs> pimping out Willa to these lecherous yeah. old men is disgusting. But I love how he, sorry, another color line that made me laugh in this episode where Will is like, I don't want to be a commercial playwright. And then he's like, yeah, you know, the audience helped you realize that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny because obviously like, of course your play fails and then you say that you don't actually want to be a commercial playwright. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. And yeah, so I thought that this was, and then Greg saying that he thinks he owes it to his country to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, that was really, really funny. Um, Then there's a little like subplot action of Logan and the assistant who are apparently fucking, which is interesting. Then again, Tom gets another burn when Roman tells him, well, you have a fucking trophy husband and several fur coats, you're <laughs> fine, which is, ah, oh, just another, you know, L for Tom. But again, sorry, before we go, I just wanted to talk about Kendall. Mm-hmm. So I was, as I said, I'm sensing a, a mental breakdown for three characters. Kendall, Shiv, Tom. Tipping point for those guys. Kendall, we see now sort of, because I feel like throughout the season, we, we haven't really gotten a lot of his court case. And we're now seeing that things are not looking as promising as they were, which is another interesting thing. And I think it's a great commentary on optics. So like, there's something very salacious and sensationalist about whistleblowing on your dad in front of a press conference and and you can see it in fact Kendall mentions again the whole the public image the public image and throughout the season you've sort of seen how concerned he is with how people view him and the public narrative on Kendall Roy like what is everyone saying about Kendall Roy and it's just so interesting how much that differs from the substance of the actual prosecution that it's meant to be happening so it's like 
you can also see just again how empty this thing is and it's again like another way to show just how inescapable the cycle of rubbish and corruption is like you really can never get too far from you know from you know how from yeah i guess it's it's what tom said logan's always gonna win logan's always gonna win right he's dumped the paperwork on the lawyers drowning them in you know legal compliance bullshit and it's clear that you know lisa ann says it's not as explosive as we thought it was which is another important thing. It's it, it needed to be explosive. It needed to be, uh-huh. and again, obviously, the episode is about unity. And I just keep thinking, Logan is so good at manipulating these children and putting them against each other. And you see that in this episode with between Shiv and Roman, and you see how the real unity that would work as a disruption, not to the evil of this show, but at least to Logan, would be the children. Uh-huh. But they're never going to get there because they're so damaged, I feel. I don't think they might overcome that damage anytime soon. I mean, Kendall is in his 40s, right? Yeah. And he's still sort of fighting his dad's shadow in his life. And I just think he's a mess this episode. He annoys me this episode. It's just, again, another downward spiral. And I, but I, But I must say, I'm really tired of seeing that for the character it's obviously very very realistic it's what the character would do it's 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 true to the character but it's so frustrating i'm so frustrated Mm -hmm. like you 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 were the one who tweeted about how (laughs) no goals (laughs) no assists (laughs) (laughs) it's just sad man i just i just don't know And and i'm also feeling myself like lose the pity for him as well because he's also just annoying yeah like like yeah in season two i was heartbroken when he would go to the roof and you could tell that he wanted to like off himself and then went to find the glass when he breaks down in front of shiv and needs a hug that sort of downward spiral where you could see that it was hurt and it's so weird because i also feel like it's 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 because you know people make a joke that the manslaughter was just sort of like a non-starter, but I don't think yeah. that it actually was. Like I feel like the reason why Kendall has to be away from his family, why he did this explosive condemnation of his father, I also think it's a way for him to. It's it for him. It's also sort of a penance in that way, for like the. The, the man's, I don't know, I just feel like he's trying to separate himself from what reminds him of his biggest sin. And so mm. he thinks that by being this new force for good, he can make up for killing that boy. But that's not how it works. And yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, another thing, sorry, just to, before I go, I had this in my notes, I just didn't want to forget it. Prison, again, is a really big theme obviously this season and it's important for the character of Tom. I think it's also important when you go back to how these patterns are inescapable and these characters are stuck, but it's also mm. interesting that the fam- the person that is going to prison is in essence, the outsider, right? Yeah. These people 
stay insulated from the consequences of their actions. Again, the man's daughter is another important way to show that. Realistically, minus the mental spiral, he hasn't really suffered material consequence to his wrongdoing. He's sort of just been able to, yeah. to, to go on with his life, which is sad. Um, and yeah, it just says a lot about the state of the, the, the world of this, you know, universe. And I don't know, man. Greg, again, was flying on the wings of white power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, oh, the lines the show. Oh, yeah, but Connor is president. You know, it's so weird. I can't lie. Out of all the candidates in this episode, I would vote for Connor out of all of them. I can't lie. That's uh, <laughs> in my head, I'm voting for Connor. Yeah. Oh, if you had to vote for a Republican. He's passionate about wine and cheese. I am also passionate about wine and cheese. Yeah, and and, uh, is his assistant, or or not the assistant, the guy who he said was his brains, he's uh, like Fingy's son, right? From like the other family. Yes, the Turnhaven episode. Yeah, yeah. That's him, right? It's funny. Again, it shows like... He was meant to be this Democrat and, you know, so again, I think it goes back because I think even that episode Mm -hmm. like kind of showed, you know, how close really the Democrats and Republicans are. And it just showed how, you know, Mm -hmm. these Democrats, they think they're so, you know, like we need the good news and whatever. Or really they were willing to sell it. Like it wasn't really. And also, I love that episode and I love that you bring it up because it's again what I was saying about how like I know that this show is not trying to place these people as the better, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's trying to show how they have the arrogance that, you know, they're the old money intellectual prestige people. But yeah. they're literally all shitty. Like I remember very specifically that she takes the turkey from or the chicken or whatever they're eating from the maid that mm-hmm. actually cooks it and comes out with it like mm-hmm. she's the one that cooked it. Mm-hmm. Obviously they know she didn't cook it. But it's it's yeah. really interesting, and you know how they they make the maid drink with them, clearly making her very uncomfortable to be like, yeah. oh, you know, we like care about our help, and they're like family; yeah. they can drink yeah. our like eighty old whiskey with us. It's all bullshit. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's all Mary bullshit. Shakespeare. <laughs> like that was so funny. Like oh, we read Shakespeare before dinner. Yes. That is the most pretentious thing I've ever... And then it was <laughs> yeah. fucking King Richard. Oh, no, man. Like, I just was like, this show. But yeah, I mean, see, like, seeing him in this episode was, like, quite funny, yeah? Because they started, like, arguing, I think, in that Turnhaven episode. Yeah. But then but then they ended up agreeing towards the end, and then he turns up as, like, oh, there, he's backing Connor to become the president now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, sorry, but just Mencken, his, I love that Shiv summarized his politics as Medicare for all, abortions for none. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is, again, part of this whole sort of, like, these people that don't actually have an ideology, you can't sort of yeah. pin it down. And, mm. again, I just love the idea that Tom has a prison consultant. And apparently, like, this is, like, a real thing that, like, rich people have. Like, so there are people who go to prison for, like, financial crimes and they give seminars to other rich people on the realities of prison. And then these people apparently, like, become abolitionists. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, it's just, like, abolitionist, like, politic as an ideology or, like, as a theory is, like, stemmed from 
people who have actually suffered at the hands of a carceral state. Like, it's so yeah. interesting to me that, like, these white-collar criminals become abolitionists after going to prison, rightfully deserved, by the way, and, like, yeah. again, co-opt the politic of someone who... Yeah. You can't compare yourself to Angela Davis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... But again, it's, again, this show is really good at just juxtaposing absurd yeah. things and... And I think, I'm not sure, I think... Mm-hmm. The fact that Tom gets to choose mm-hmm. what facility he gets to go to just shows again, like he's crying about prison, but no, but like the likelihood he's gonna go to a really nice place. He wants his fault. Huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> he said even like he said like like there was a line about like my my, uh, my, my prison advisor or something. Yeah, my like prison consultant. It's, it's all <laughs> booked up. It's all booked up. The one he wants is all booked up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that he says that he's in training. That this whole this <laughs> period is him training for prison. It's 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 great, it's, yeah, and he has a new nickname. Obviously, the Christmas out. tree. Oh god, this show is just fantastically written. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know any sort of final thoughts on this episode. I I found it interesting that Logan still cared that the mother was getting married. He cared. He was he was sort of weird oh, about yeah. it. Did you not think? Uh, I don't know. I thought they they all like laughed about it Fair and enough. made jokes. No? Fair enough. I don't know. Like maybe he he was surprised. I think he cared when he found out who it was. He was like, "Oh, that yeah. guy! Like he's been what was it's it? Seat seat for four <laughs> years." <laughs> I'm guessing yeah, that means yeah. that he's been trying to get with the mother for years. Yeah, and he's finally gotten lucky. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Kendall, sorry, just not to go back to him. I'm just sad for him. But I also found it interesting that he was actually honest with Tom about the state of his case. Like he starts off saying, my case is, my case is solid and strong. Yeah? But then he goes to be like, you know, it has a few gaps, right? I, yeah. I, I found that interesting. And I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know what they're doing with him this season. He feels very all over the place. Like, Again, very true to his character. And yeah. I'm also now I'm, incredibly certain that he's not on drugs. Like, I don't think he's on drugs. Oh, yeah. I think it was the yeah. high of the hearing that he was writing. Yeah. And now we are heading for meltdown. Like, I will not be surprised. Because I saw the trailer for the ep- for next week's episode. And it's obviously all of them at his birthday party. Parties are a great place for meltdowns and in succession fashion a great great place for character explosions but i saw somebody say that this season is either going to end in a kendall win or he kills himself he was like they were like there's no in between <laughs> um i don't know that they're gonna i'm not sure though like i like i i do think the show's moved a little bit away from Kendall. Yes, yes, um, yes. So, so, so I, I actually don't. I think it'll be a Shiv win. That's what I like. Yes. I don't think we'll get like we we got the Kendall big win yeah. last season, and I don't think we'll get it again. I think I think it's a Shiv win. Yep, I agree with you. But or Roman, like one of the two. I don't think. I don't even do think this is Roman's season yet. I think it is really, really Me, important yeah. that Shiv is finally on the inside. She's yeah. finally got... She's no longer playing one foot in, one foot out. She's finally in the door. I think it's very significant that she 
she um gets yeah. to be she gets to be a not gets to be abused like it's some sort of privilege but um she gets to really see the nature of what it's like to be in that in the mix she no longer has the benefit of you know the benefit she got from being on the outside you know so and she doesn't have the protection of that anymore she really is all in and i think that the way she's being treated i really really hope is a point for her to go crazy. And in the in the in the trailer for the next episode, you see her like drinking, which is weird because you never really see her get like super drunk. So yeah. it looks like we are on prime time for a shiv meltdown or pivot. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. hope she doesn't double down and bet on Logan because it's clear he's not betting on her. Another thing I noticed this episode, right? A small detail, but like when he shows the meme to his assistant carrie i believe her name is he also shows it to roman but then when he calls shiv it's like for business strategy talk it's like shiv tom like but whereas he calls roman to see the meme i just thought that was really interesting that he did that and then obviously later at the episode he does he does the whole you did very good this son whereas in the beginning when shiv you know mentions how he humiliated her in the last episode and tries to address it he makes fun of her and it's like, oh, sh- Carrie, please get Shiv a medal. Which is sort of like, yeah. is it, but I think it's like, yeah, though, he's he's like, is it so wrong to want approval for doing a good job? Which he gives so freely to Roman for literally recruiting a fucking fascist. But she who saves that company, she she yeah. can't even be allowed to express her like discontent. And I and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, this whole thing about prison, like she really is trapped. Like she's trapped because she's an abused child who will, who wants daddy's love. But she also has to be a reasonable adult. Like, I think it's like the two sides of her, apart from obviously the girl boss liberal side and the 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 child of a evil empire man, is also the side of her that's like a, a child and her own individual person. But I think that clearly this show is telling us that like, you really cannot escape the abuse of these people. Like these families is just, um, again, I'm so sorry, but I also have to, I forgot to mention this, but another amazing line, Hugo asking, is Greg necessary? (laughs) What? Hugo asking, is Greg necessarily in this room and then Roman says that Greg gets to vote with the other folks at the election which I really yeah it's like. Roman that says that yeah like Roman says that he takes yeah, yeah. because because Greg like now because Logan says no like yeah, yeah he can he just has to stay quiet yeah and then he he volunteers his opinion and then <laughs> like, Roman's like yeah you can vote with everyone I, I just like again obviously the which is obviously not as subtle as the show usually does but just very much that us versus them thing mm-hmm. that the show yeah. is constantly about not only us as rich versus poor but also us as a family versus everybody else um which is good but yeah um power rankings power rankings time who are winners and losers for this episode uh adol who's your winner uh roman is the main winner i think okay he's won this episode i think yeah his pick has been chosen to be pushed so i guess it's good for him mm-hmm. uh, that that possibly the guy that's going to be the president, you know, is in cahoots with him. So I think that's the biggest win. Um, and mm-hmm. Logan, I guess, I guess like Logan's, he's still riding the win, yeah. the win from like, 
episode. Um, yeah, like I, I think last episode, like I said, Logan. Wait, or did we say that Logan was a loser? I, I think I started saying Logan was um, a winner. Then a winner, we then decided he was a loser. loser. But I think another interesting thing that I, I, I feel like I didn't mention last episode is that they're winning, but they're still losing because they have to compromise a lot in yeah. order to win. And again, I think that the point of the show is that there are no real winners. Like, look at these people. They hate each other. No, you know? I think, like, so, things are losing. Like, they lost their private jets. It's like, yeah, <laughs> well, they're, they're losing. Them this like, episode. So clearly, the hullabaloo <laughs> last episode. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, was did you really lose? Like, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I think it's um, it's an interesting one because I don't think that they're... I like that we do these power rankings because I think it's fun. But essentially, mm-hmm. I do think that there are no winners in this show. Adrian Brody, in his interview with Vanity Fair, was talking about... He was asked, like, what does he get from getting character, playing characters like this? And he goes on to say that, you know, when he plays a character who doesn't have much, it reminds him to be grateful of what he does have. But then he's able to play a character like this, who's like a billionaire and has all this money. But he's able to get that that also is not enough. You know, he says this great proverb, which is like, what's the what's the what's the thing that a poor man and a rich man have in common? They both don't have enough money. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is a very, very um good way to like analyze winners and losers if you think about it in the succession world but yeah who is your loser this episode loser um like kendall i guess okay well he's been on a losing streak so it's like he can't he can't get lower in the power rankings i think he could get lower because it's kendall oh yeah because Uh, it's kendall like Ugh. Anyways, my winner this episode is the Menken character. Oh yeah, he yeah. Um, wins the endorsement of ATN from the quote unquote ATN primaries, and he's able to do that. Another semi winner, I guess, is Greg. <laughs> oh, you've got him at like like as a, oh yeah, I guess well, he's not a winner winner, but he's definitely up from his position in the last episode. Yeah. Greg is going to, you know, t- you know, take the slack for Greg's corporate wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, he seems to be having a case against Greenpeace, which is weird. But I really hope that was not, I hope that was a joke. Um, but <laughs> yeah. anyways, he might do. I wonder what his first year law- lawyer thinks of that. But um, uh, my, my main loser this episode is Siobhan. I think she. Oh, really? I think she was the loser this episode. I mm. think she is backed into a corner that she doesn't want to be. She mm-hmm. has not advocated for herself, and she needs to find a way to because it's only down from here. Because Kendall was really, really right when he said that you're me. She really is occupying mm. the Kendall position now because she's eating so much shit, right? And she's just getting fucked from every corner excuse my french mm. so there's i don't you know tom is also a loser but i mean he has been since the beginning of the season he has been <laughs> since he married shiv let's just be honest yeah. this man has been losing the only joy this man has was, was at that bachelor party where he had his closed loop system with the mm-hmm. 
he's made peace with himself though this episode. Yeah. So like I guess he's in a okay. Yeah, like, yeah, no, he's he's still losing on like in life. Yeah. Because he's going yeah. to jail. But I guess he's yeah. like had a lot of self-reflection, which is fantastic because it's just like Tom Wamsgans, right? The doofus, you know, character. And you see so much of him, you know, he tortures Greg throughout the first few seasons. And then I think for that to culminate in him taking the stack for Greg and just mm. being all in all very calm and not even, you know, before like with Shiv, he'll even have like, I don't think he has any fight left in him. I think he's just like tired and he's just like resigned. Mm. So yeah, I, I guess that's why he's my views of it. Yeah. Obviously you've mentioned Kendall, so I don't need to even say that. Like, I just think he's just um, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And also maybe my other like low key winner is Carrie. She's having an affair with the boss. Surely that comes with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, where's Marsha? Where's Marsha? I've been thinking that. Like, where is she? She just came out to secure her money. And and, and she's dipped? She's chilling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever. But, yeah. Any final thoughts? Would you? What would you rate this episode out of 10? I have 10. Mm-hmm. Uh strong like a strong eight like it's it's an eight nine for sure okay yeah what uh what about you what are you giving this episode i'll do 8.5 8.5 yeah 8.5 8 um just because i feel like the next episode is really gonna tie things together if that makes sense yeah which is what i like about the week to week sort of you can feel the tension moving um but also before we end obviously I, i we need. I want to have a discussion about the way that this show is being received, mm-hmm. and yeah, because there's like people are starting to say like it's getting stale and whatever. No, 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 no. I don't. I, I mean, oh. I mean, I mean, that's their opinion. I disagree. Okay. But I. What do you think about the 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 the, the flood of new viewers of this show? Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, like I think is like expected. Like it's season, like season three. I think that's when you expect shows to like kind of start to like, yeah, to become more mainstream. And I think we've seen at like, the like Succession is everywhere. There was fo- there was like like football news accounts mm-hmm. tweeting like about Succession, and like yeah. you could see the marketing was involved in football, yeah. NFL. There's ads for it everywhere. They're on all like the talk shows, yeah. BBC, ITV, morning shows. Yeah. So they're literally going all out the with the marketing. And I think it is HBO's like current prime. Yeah, I think it, it took the it took the throne spot, clearly. Yeah. Wait, oh, is is that the show that was there before? So Game of Thrones was like their big Oh, Game of Thrones, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was their but obviously big like thing, right? And so now yeah, this yeah. is clearly their next cash cow. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so yeah. I guess what? Or do you have any opinions on that? Like what? Like gatekeeping? I'm going to just read someone's tweet, and okay. that will be the summary of my thoughts. Because if I speak, then I have. Oh, uh, what the, with the, the the media literacy tweet? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna uh, just yeah. say it. If social media yeah. has taught me anything, sorry. Begin quote. If social media has taught me anything, the average person doesn't have any media literacy at all. People just watch shows and movies and misinterpret it entirely. They watch a show with a clear message and come out with the exact opposite of the intended message. Every day, a completely serious person will make takes like, 
Breaking Bad is fascist adjacent or Squid Game is pro-capitalism. And there's nothing we can do about it. The people that share these opinions are the minority of people that have these thoughts that post about them. This is always the one that gets me. So many people are unable to realise that you can present characters doing something bad without endorsing it. She goes on about other things, but she also says this funny thing, which I just found funny. Some people are responding with art is up to everyone's own interpretation. And while that may be true, have you considered that you hold objectively wrong opinions? And I am always correct and smarter than you. Have you considered that? Um, I just thought that was funny. Um, Yeah. Anyways. Um, that's my thought on that. I yeah. do sometimes feel like I, I don't. I don't know. I try not to be. I try not to hard to fight my worst instincts to be the yeah. person that I know that I can be. <laughs> I don't want to be an asshole, even though yeah. that is my factory setting. So <laughs> I would like to just not, you know, just put up, take off my hater cap for one day, yeah, and no, be like, a nice like, person. And, yeah. Again, I have a television and film podcast. I want to... The joy of TV and film is not unbeknownst to me. The joy of sharing Mm. in entertainment is not unbeknownst to me. But it can get frustrating when people are... They go a very long way with their bad takes and they build momentum with these bad takes. And it just feels like are you guys even watching this show? Like, sometimes I'll see some takes, like, even about Logan, you know, about how, oh my God, he's so smart. He's so this. And it's just like, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, but I think, like, no. to be honest, like, and this, and this, <laughs> but to be honest, we'll say, like, like regarding the, the media literacy thing, I think even the old Succession fans don't understand like the shift character. Oh, one hundred percent. I don't think it's, it's like, even about the it's new like, people. I think everything. Yeah, it's, it's like the whole thing about like being happy about Logan berating Shiv. Like that, it just doesn't make sense. Like why you'd think that's a good thing. Like regardless of what Shiv has done and yeah. whatever. Like so, yeah. The media literacy thing is, but the one take that did have me like, and like I had to take five minutes was the whole like backstory. <laughs> The, where they said we need like a prequel to succession I to see was, the flag. I was like, come on. Like, I have to just. Like, we need like to be spoon fed everything. Like, like, <laughs> I don't think some yeah. people don't know the, one of the first rules of screenwriting is show don't tell. Yeah, yeah. But people want everything like spoon fed, like it's no like, subject. It's like, like you, you wonder why the show is so good, but then you want a. Uh, filler episode full of exposition like yeah exactly that's just a bit ridiculous if you ask me but um yeah guys just just another thing because obviously i I told you guys i wanted to talk more about a bit about how people were receiving the show and all um i'm gonna link some interesting articles in the show notes both about the prison consultant world and the vox article about the trauma responses um just so you guys can read that but um just uh, just a food for thought. A, a journalist called Emily, I can't pronounce their last name, but they write for Vox. They said something that I found interesting in terms of Logan. Logan is just ruthless and we live in a world where people who are ruthless are mistaken for being smart. And I just think that that's something to keep in mind when you look at the people who are making power moves in this show. Think to yourself, are they really people to admire 
or are they sending a message about what we are taught to admire in this world? And I think you can do that for the entire show, really. So that is my thoughts on that. This has been episode 19, The Wrong Side. Adam, do you want to say goodbye? Yeah, thank you. We'll talk again next week about the next episode. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.